Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And we are back, the Garden Wise guys, on the Garden Wise show here on Legends 810. Waiting, waiting for phone calls. Absolutely. Yeah, we have no wait, no waiting on this end. You we call up, we, we answer them immediately. Did you know that t- we're going to celebrate some things today, even though we have eight inches of snow on the ground? All right. Oh, dear. How about celebrating World Radio Day? And we're doing that right now. We are celebrating yeah. that every week. We, we are. We are. It is also Don't Cry Over Spilt Milk Day. Don't worry, I won't. I haven't cried over spilt milk in a very long time. Because I know they'll make more. They always make more. Hey, I'm looking at this uh, Plant Select brochure we have for 2022. And I really noticed this winter fire sedum. Yeah. You're obviously not impressed. Um, no. Oh, that's too bad. The sea, I mean, it, it's nice and it's red. It turns red. It's green in the summertime and then red in the Yeah, the foliage time. is nice green in the yeah. summer and then just this burgundy red in the wintertime is beautiful. It's a ground cover sedum. It's a it short is. one. And my problem with ground cover sedums is that they look great for a year or two, maybe three, and then they start breaking up. Really? Yeah. I've not and had that experience. And they leave empty spots here and there. Well, that's, I mean, an, o- that's an opportunity that for a new plant. <laughs> that is. No, no, what's happening is the original plant in that spot is now old. Yeah. And it dies. No and big they, deal. They move out. Yeah. Iris do that. Lots of our plants well, do that. Well, lots of plants do that, yeah. But sedums do that, and I think, eh, yeah. In yeah. a rock garden, they'd be fine because then it scatters itself all over the place. That's it right. It breaks up that much, and that's uh-huh. fine. It doesn't take up any room. Well, this one's called Winter Fire. I'm going to have to get one. Do you give it a Latin name? Yeah. Um, Terocetum rupestri. Of course. I knew that. And the variety they, they're saying is Rice Creek, but they're calling it Winter Fire Sedum. And the reason it's called Rice Creek is named for a Minnesota nursery whose owners found this perennial with their keen eye for rare and hardy plants. <laughs> it's a Rice Creek nursery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of it. Have you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, apparently, they're a friend of Paniotis. I was talking to him about this. Uh, that has yellow flowers in the spring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, not in the spring, in July and August. That's yeah. a nice time to have flowers. Uh, sure. You know, very cold hardy, year round interest. And I tell you what, that means a lot to me. I mean, plants in my yard have to give me at least three seasons of interest, at least three. Although, I, having said that, I just realized that spring bulbs don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I have lots of spring bulbs. But when I'm looking for plants to put into my perennial beds and my shrub borders and that sort of thing, I look for plants that are going to give me more than one season of interest. Yeah, not necessarily flowers or all three seasons. No. Flowers maybe in the spring, beautiful, 
colorful foliage or berries during the summer. Nice fall color in yeah. the fall. And maybe even some winter interest in the stems, like a um, winter fire yeah, or, or arctic fire Or um, the berries, dogwood. Ha- berries hang on for yeah, wintertime. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or, mm-hmm. or contorted filbert that has the really curly oh, yeah, that looks branches good. and four has seasons. little catkins hanging down. Yeah. Or, or evergreens. Mm-hmm. That's another mm-hmm. one that gives you four seasons of interest. Yep. So, I, I, you know... You pay a lot for land around here. It's yes. got to be productive more than one time. It's got to be productive year round. That's like opinion. that's like turf grass. Yeah, it, that's three seasons. That's three seasons. Most yeah. people think it's four, but not really. Come on. <laughs> oh, be, if you like let's brown, let's be real. <laughs> if you like brown, it's four. So yeah, that's called winter fire sedum. I would look for that this year in the plant select program. Uh, I I really like the winter color of it more so than even the summer color. I like the winter color. And, boy, the more you can add some color in the winter, the better. Mm-hmm. And a lot of delospermas do that. Yes, they do. Turn red in the wintertime. And there's, a, there's another sedum that turns bright yellow. Yes. Bright yellow, golden yellow. And then, and then oh, my gosh, then there's that whole Chick Charms group. Yeah. And uh, of uh, hens and chicks. It's a whole series called I think they Chick have, Charms. Uh, I think they have little LEDs in some of those. Man, are that, they something That they can else. change the color depending on the season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And and some of those turn bright red or bright yellow or whatever during the winter months, and that's always nice to see. Hey, speaking of um, telling people about new plants, we have a brochure that describes a bunch of them. Um, we have some local people who grow their own plants. There aren't many of those left. True. Uh, one of which you may want to check into, people, is one called Cold Hardy Cactus. Mm-hmm. Look up online, Cold Hardy Cactus, and I grow... A lot of stuff that are not cactus. They grow lots of yuccas, lots of agaves, uh, hesperloes, nolinas. Am I missing something here? Click, 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 click. And there's a couple other succulents that are, that are hardy that he has there, too. So look up Cold Hardy Cactus. It's a, it's a full catalog that's online. Uh, this guy is local. He's like, uh, he just lives down the street from me. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people probably that are listening know him from his days at Paulino's and Timberline Gardens mm-hmm. as Pelle- Kelly Grummans. Kelly Grummans is his name. Yep. Yeah. And he, he, he um, advertises. He has a, um, a column in Colorado Gardener. Yes. Every, every issue. Which is an excellent publication you should mm-hmm. look for. It's free at the garden centers. For now. For now. <laughs> <laughs> I understand it's going to only two issues per year. Oh, really? That's what I hear. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. All right. We've got Eric on the line out in Stapleton that wants to talk to us about Searle. Good morning, Eric. What? Hi. Hi Good there. Morning, you great Americans. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this nitro, nitrogen fertilizer, I'm going to spell it. What's you guys' name? What's our name? Yeah. So I, yeah. You my want our first, my name's Keith. You yeah. want my first name or middle name or last name? Which one? Uh-huh. It's my first time calling. A little nervous, oh, guys. Okay. But I'm I'm Jim. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm Jim, and I'm Keith. Hi, Jim. I'm Keith. Hi, Keith. You guys sound so much alike, like brothers. You know. <laughs> well, we've well, been we doing are, this a long time. Yeah, we are of a different mother, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, monogamite for the the guy from Iowa, the second caller before the lovely lady. I just got off the air. That nitro nitrogen fertilizer. Yes, milorganite. Uh-huh. Oh my God! Have you ever heard of it? Oh yeah. 
Meloganite? Yeah, it's yeah, been, been around forever. Yeah, like 50 years yeah. I know of, yeah. Y- yes, sir. And let's see, trusted for over 90 years. I'm reading the bag as we speak. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's and, human biosolids. Well, that's for the gentleman in from Iowa that lives over in Laurie. I think that, um, it, and it's on uh, True Value, you know. Oh, you yeah. Can get yeah. It at yeah. Yeah, man, on uh, what is that, Colfax and Monaco there? Yeah, a lot of stores carry a lot of garden centers, a lot of hardware stores. They'll, they'll carry that product. And, Jim, I'm surprised you didn't let him know that. That's what I was saying on the radio. I wish I could have just got in right now, you know, to tell him about that stuff. I'm surprised he didn't hear about well, it. Well, there are a number of people locally, let's, let's say front range, who actually make, uh, if not fertilizer, certainly organic kind of product products that he could have used to put in his garden. Yeah, we like yes, to sir. recommend local. Yeah, like, like organics, um, uh, Richlon products. It's a it's oh. a chicken manure base instead of a human waste <laughs> product, but um, it's it's local, and we like to promote the local independent type products. Boy, when when you put that on your your grass, you know, monogonite. I, I hope I'm spell, uh, pronouncing it right, but you know, it's M I. Yeah, it, it's close enough. It's yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Yes, sir. But I think that's what he'll use it. He'll love it. And he'll probably call you, Jim and Keith, and thank you for that <laughs> advice that you guys gave him. Well, I think he's going to thank you now. <laughs> you guys have a great day, okay? You Not too, Eric. Thanks for calling. I, thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, that was around when I was a kid. It was. Before I was a yeah. kid. It certainly was. And I think, I, I don't know, does our local zoo still make zoo I don't Is that know. what they called it? I don't know. Maybe Sean can check for us. Because, you know, if you have a zoo, you have a lot of waste product. You do. I mean, and a lot. You, you do do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I know one time they were looking at at utilizing that as um, biofuel. Oh, interesting. I, I don't know that that ever got off the ground. But if not, they have to do something with all that zoo-do. Mm-hmm. I think that's the name of it. I could be wrong. But it, too, is an organic matter with a lot of fertilizer qualities. So you get African animal doo, doo-doo. There you go. And might even repel rabbits. It, it might. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they smell a lion around. They're not going to come by. That's right. If they recognize what lion <laughs> smells like. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Maybe all cats smell the same. I don't know. I don't either. That would be something. I, All right. I, and some things will go after cats. I, I, we have a cat at home, and uh, he was, and I was out in the backboard sitting down and read, probably reading a cup of coffee, and he was sitting there, and I looked up, and on the power line that goes down through the alley, there's this big raptor. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an eagle. It wasn't golden eagle, but was bigger than other, other hawks that we've had in the neighborhood. And I could see he was looking at the cat. He oh, was yeah? eyeing that cat. Oh. <laughs> and I was waiting for him to, to leap off that power line. And I'd have to go up and start throwing my arms up in the air or something. But that, that, that could have been nasty if I wasn't there. Hmm. Well, yeah. I, you don't hear too often of them attacking cats. No, you don't. Because cats can hurt them. Well, they can. Yeah, they've, they've got many <laughs> sharp objects. <laughs> and, and usually predators don't like attacking things that can hurt them back. That's right. But my cat will go after, after uh, dogs. Yeah? Yeah. You should have named your cat Walter. <laughs> Why? 
Like the one on TV. Oh, I, don't, <clears throat> I don't know that one. Oh, I'll have to tell you about it. Okay. There's a television commercial that has a cat named Walter that is more like a dog than a cat. Oh, is that the one that they show the cat <laughs> saving saving uh, people it's, in frozen ponds and yeah, runs yeah. after the guy in his truck and, and fetches things? And, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen That's that. Walter. Is that Walter? I didn't yeah. know he had a name. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be a long, long time before my cat will it's do like, any of that. It's like people have never seen a cat before. <laughs> Oh, well. Uh, anyway, that's a whole other subject. Let's go see what Linda wants to talk about out in Lakewood. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, fellas. What's going on um, with you today? Well, uh, at the end of last summer, I decided all of a sudden I was going to use some cuttings or cut off some leaves anyway from coleus plants that I really liked. Uh-huh. And... Uh, now they are so big, and I've trimmed them back once. I can hardly see out my kitchen window. They're in a big garden window. Um, how often can you do that? <laughs> uh, typically, they will, they will start with age. They will start to go into a bloom cycle. Have you, has uh-huh. yours started blooming yet? No, I haven't let it get that far. <laughs> okay. Uh, when they get to be that old and the stems become kind of woody, they will start going downhill and not looking as good. All right. Now, I just these were outside yeah. uh, last summer. Yeah, I yeah. do the same thing, okay. Linda. I I take cuttings off of them in the fall, and they're they're under lights in my basement right now. And and you're right, they they can grow pretty quickly. Yeah. So and you know uh-huh. how as they grow up, there are these layers, uh, two leaves and then a stem, and then two leaves and a stem. They grow up that way. And right. so when I cut mine back, I usually will leave uh, two sets of leaves, uh, of good leaves. Okay. And that way you can cut them back fairly hard, but you, you don't want to cut them all the way back to a leafless part of the stem. Right. Okay. Okay. So that shouldn't stunt them too much. Then. Oh, no. It just makes them bushier and branch out, and you'll have even nicer plants to set out in the now, spring. Now, if you do take some cuttings and start those... At some point, I would probably just end up throwing away the the, uh, the mother plant. I don't. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> okay. And otherwise, it'll take <laughs> up your entire kitchen. Well, I have the room for yeah. it. I have the room for because I like them to be nice and big when I put them out. I don't want to have to wait all summer for them to grow up. I want them to be mostly grown when I put them out in May. Right. That's right. but that's just me. Okay. All right. Well, and the other thing I wanted to tell you is um, we have an orchid, and I've never gotten this to happen before, but it grew a flower spike, and we now have uh, seven flowers on it. Nice. I've never done that before. It was kind of fun. Yeah, give yourself a pat on the back. That's right. Pat yourself on the back. That's great that you re-bloomed it. Well... It did it itself, but it was sure fun to watch. <laughs> All I did was water it occasionally. <laughs> well, if you do, if you weren't taking care of it correctly, it wouldn't have been able to bloom. So yeah. you did a good job. Okay. Well, I had to brag about that just a tad. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad you did. So, well, thanks for the info on the uh, coleus plants. See what I can do. My husband's about ready to get rid of all of them, but... Um, I'd like to keep them. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, this summer. So, okay. Thanks a lot, guys. And you bet. I do enjoy your program. 
Thanks, Linda. Appreciate Bye-bye. the call. Yeah. There is a tendency somewhat, I think, for gardeners to take a little too much credit for what for what their plants look like. <laughs> now, granted, you have to take care of them. And like she said, take cuttings. You have to prepare the soil, and you have to pot them up and water them Feed and fertilize them. them. Yeah. I, I understand all that. But I'm, I'm thinking of plants like in my front yard that I planted now 25 years ago. I haven't done a damn thing to them. Nothing. And people come by and they go, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Yeah. <laughs> and they give me credit for it. I didn't do anything except plant it. Well, you chose that particular plant, that yeah. type of plant to yeah. grow. How, how long can I take credit for it? Forever. <laughs> Why not? There's so few things in this life we can take credit for or that we're allowed to or take credit for. Or that we should for. take credit for, <laughs> <laughs> but we do anyway. That's right. So All back, right, you were saying something? Uh, yeah, so back to the Denver Zoo doo-doo, yeah. that voodoo that you do, Jim. So well. Um, looks <laughs> like a... I found an old article that said Friday they stopped it. So and this was 2015. Oh. So it looks like they're not back in production. I it was wonder like what over they do with all that. million dollars worth. That's a lot. Uh, that's a dang dung deal, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get more D's in there? <laughs> uh, that's well done. Sean. Yeah, well done. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm wondering now. Well, okay. Now they're not making that $15 million. Where are they making the money? Or where's it going, the poop? Maybe they're selling it to an or- organic place. Maybe so. Maybe there's a place that takes it and turns it into compost. I'm, I'm wondering. It doesn't I, take credit for it. I Yeah. <laughs> now, close to where I live, there used to be a tree company. I mean, there is still a tree company, but it's changed hands. But I used to go there and get free wood chips in my truck yeah. and take them home. Um, and I'd take several loads a day of a truck. Anyway, I haven't done that for a couple of years and went back and looked. And there was, and I didn't mention this, but there was a not not a large quantity of wood chips, not a hill of wood chips, a mountain range of wood chips. Oh, gosh. I mean, these things are like 40 feet tall that just went all the way back to the very deep property. Uh-huh. Nothing but wood chips. Nice. And I went over the past year and they're all gone all Uh, gone wow that's a lot of truckloads i want to tell you yeah i I wonder where it went well they they use them in the composting process so there's a1 organics yeah they could have taken it or there's a place up in uh, the south of boulder along 93 i think Mm -hmm. does this there's a place where it went there's a place over off of i want to say oxford on the west side oh okay yeah yeah that does that takes pallets and chops them up. Yeah, all kinds but of I, things. I, I've never seen a wood chip pile this large. There's one near my house, and I I've got to go and check and see if uh, if they're available. A lot of them will sell them to you, but I don't want to pay any money. I don't either. I'm cheap. Well, if they sell them to me, they're going to load it. Well, this guy, these people, <laughs> when when they were there, I usually have a pitchfork, and I, you know, it doesn't take uh-huh. long to fill up a, a pickup truck. And they they have a loader there, and the loader with the boomp, you're loaded, <laughs> just like that. Yeah, that <laughs> takes all of five seconds. Right. <laughs> I'd pay for that. I, I didn't, but <laughs> oh well. Three zero three. 
877-247-2473. That's the number to give us a call so we don't have to talk about wood chips anymore. Yeah, I don't want to talk about wood chips. I already talked about that. I mentioned enough. earlier that this is the <clears> month <throat> that you need to start getting ready to seed certain things for planting out in yes. the vegetable garden. Uh, by the middle of middle part of this month, well, we're, pr- we're practically there at the middle part of yeah. the month. Toward the end of the month, you can <clears throat> seed things indoors, getting them started. Things like kohlrabi and kale and cabbage, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower. Does that kind of give you a theme there? These are coal crops. They're all brassicas. And uh, they like cold weather. So you'd be starting them this month to be planting out in late March or early April at the latest. Mustard family. Mustard family, yes. And they want to be planted out. In the early, early spring, even when there's still danger of frost and that sort of thing. Um, keep in mind, though, that moving them from indoors to outdoors, so you'll have to harden them off. means that once the snow is gone and the ground has dried up a little bit, you should be out there turning over your soil. That's right, getting it prepared and ready to go. Now, if you're going to turn over your soil, most people do it, at least I do, do it by hand. You may have a piece of equipment, you know, more power to you. Um, this time of year, if you can get into the garden, turn it over. Don't bother chopping it up. Just turn it over, period. You're done. Leave it rough. Leave yeah. it rough because by the time you're ready to plant, it'll be collapsed and rake. you can just take a rake out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be a good time to add some compost when you're yes. turning the soil over as well. Uh, I know I'm going to be starting some seed for spinach, several different kinds of lettuces. I told I you be before, this lettuce. Well, I prefer lettuces. Somebody should look that up. What's the plural of lettuce? Lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be starting some kohlrabi because my son loves kohlrabi as much as I do. Yes, it is good. Are you just going to do the white kohlrabi or are you going to do the purple? I don't do the purple. Why not? I don't like the looks of it. That gives you two seasons of interest. It tastes purple. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like grapes. <laughs> it looks good. I don't know. I just That's what I grew up with was the white okay. one, and that's what I'm going to eat, by yeah. gosh. Yeah. I'm going to grow beets this year, too. Do you do those early or late? I have some still in the ground. When do you plant those? I mean, those are something you'd plant directly in the soil. Well, I do that with kind of some of the things you're talking about, lettuce and uh, So in April? Yes. Early April or so? They'll take it kind of cool, won't they? They'll they'll take cool. I don't think they'll take this kind of temperature, 14 degrees. No, no. But their leaves are good to eat, too. Yes. They're very good. Mm-hmm. I grow them, and and I saw in a seed catalog there's a strain of them you grow just for the leaves. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried growing sugar beets? No, I haven't either. I don't know why. I should try that once. Why? You gonna make sugar? They, they'd be sweet, sweet beets, sweet beets. Well, ooh, I see a I see a product. <laughs> sweet beets. There you go. And I might even try growing some chard this year. I've never grown chard. Is it good? I, I grew it one year, uh, like five plants. Yeah. <laughs> we ate chard all summer long, meal after meal after meal. Fresh or cooked or um, both? Yes. Both. Okay. Did you grow the, the colorful one? Uh, yes. Like you said, you got to have three in, three seasons of interest. <laughs> Well, yeah, that, that's what I would. That's what I would grow is that that colorful yeah. one with the red and the yellow and, and, and the orange. And it's like beet leaves. I, those are good, but I'm not sure I'd want them every meal. No, morning, no. noon, and night. So just grow one plant. So, <laughs> like a zucchini. So, chard 
Don't grow too many. Okay. You don't have enough. All right, we have to take a break. We'll be back really qu- quite soon right here on Legends 810. It's time to fall in love all over again. Valentine's Day is Monday, February 14th. At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we deliver romance. Surprise her at work on Friday and impress her coworkers, or start the weekend off with a special delivery at home for the weekend celebration. We have just the thing to take her breath away. Send beautiful roses in shades of red and pink or a colorful spring mix of garden flowers. It's easy to give a gift of nature. Order online at www.lafayetteflorist.com and see all of our Valentine specials. Call us and speak with one of our floral specialists or stop by. We're open daily. Spread the love. Don't forget a friendly bouquet for Valentine's Day or a special floral hug for your mom and something for him. Choose a masculine floral bouquet or a houseplant for his desk. Guys love flowers too. Lafayette Florist is your one-stop Valentine's Day shop. Add a finishing touch with balloons, plush bears, and gourmet chocolates. We deliver next door and all around the world. Order now to reserve your Valentine's Day flowers. Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, located at 600 South Public Road in the heart of Lafayette. Contact us at 303-665-5555 or www.lafayetteflorist.com and we'll help you express your love. Happiness guaranteed. Spring is right around the corner, and we couldn't be more excited to get our gardens growing. If you're in need of seed, Botanical Interests has you covered this season. Their carefully chosen varieties are third-party tested to ensure successful germination rates, so you can be confident that you're getting high-quality seed every time. Not only are their seeds non-GMO project verified, but they also set you up for success by providing detailed sowing instructions and organic gardening advice inside each seed packet. With over 600 gardener-approved varieties to choose from, including tried-and-true heirlooms, organic seeds, native varieties, and easy-to-grow essentials, there's sure to be something for everyone. Find Botanical Interests high-quality seeds at thousands of independent garden centers across the country or online at botanicalinterests.com. And we are back. Sean says we're back, and I believe we're back, and we are back. Okay. Hey, you know what one of my favorite plants was from last year? Hello. Uh, It's a plant select plant. And, I, you know, in case you haven't figured this out, I have lots of plant select plants in my yard because mm-hmm. they're just fabulous plants. Uh, Monardella. Yes. Humming, I think it's called hummingbird trumpets. Something like that. Yeah. It's a really low growing, I mean, just a few inches tall ground cover with these clusters of scarlet red, just screaming red flowers yeah. that are... The, the size is inappropriate for the size of the plant. The size of the blooms is huge compared to the size of the plant. Yes. And they just cover themselves in these red blooms. It's like crack cocaine for hummingbirds. Mm-hmm. And this stupid thing will start blooming in late spring. And bloom all summer. Bloom all summer, even after frost. That yeah. I had still had flowers on it in October into November. It is a fantastic plant. It's called Monardella is the Latin name, or humming, uh, let me look it up. Hum, hummingbird trumpets, I'm pretty sure, is the common name that they sell it at the garden center. Yeah, hummingbird trumpet mint. Look for that. You can Google it. You can get some pictures. It's just spectacular. 
Yeah, what I don't know about that plan is whether or not that is a selection that somebody made way back when. Well, it has a name, Marion Sampson, so I think it is a selection. Okay. Apparently, Marion made this. Selection. And I wonder how. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much better this one is uh, compared to the, the straight species. Might not, might not be better at all. But that doesn't mean it won't get better no. with time as people make it popular. So what I'm, what I'm, what I'm getting to is where has that plant been all our gardening lives? Well, you can say that about a million different oh, plants all over the world. It's like, why don't we have these things? I know. I mean, just <sighs> wonderful things. Oh, man. Wonderful things. Talking about this Adam Black fellow. Um, he's on the border of Texas, Mexico, and he goes into Mexico and looks for stuff. And he gets on ranches down there that nobody can get on to. He has special permission because he's special. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently he has a backer. <laughs> Apparently. That's <laughs> what <so> I heard. <laughs> <laughs> but he comes up with plants. I, I know they're going to be hardy here. Yeah? I, I just, in my in my soul, in my bones, I, I know you they're going to be hardy. feel it. Huh? Yes, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't get them. Because he's not a seed collector, per se. Uh-huh. And I mean, that's a different business altogether. But uh, even seed companies, they sell lots of stuff. That's very nice. And I'm wondering, why don't you have seed of this or that? And I can supply you seed of this or that. Not everybody and wants not to deal even, with seed. Not even interested. Yeah. There's none whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, as as I get older... I've gotten more and more interested in seed. I don't know what it is about growing things from seed. It's so rewarding. Well, it is. And you see it a few years later in the yard, and it's matured, and it's growing. That um, that inflatable pod shrub, Caludia? Caludia, yeah. Caludia arborescens that mm-hmm. you gave me. Uh, you started that from seed. Yeah. And it, they were tiny little things in yeah. little tublings, you know? <laughs> sure. Maybe two or three inches tall in these tublings. And I put them in the ground. Well, they're six, seven feet tall now, and they're just gorgeous. Yeah. And, and you look at it, and I know I didn't start the seed, but I planted those stupid little seedlings <laughs> and kept them alive, and they grew, and I feel very proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a cool plant. Nobody knows what it is. Well, and it's right, by my, it's right by the sidewalk that goes along the side of the house, mm-hmm. um, the, the public sidewalk. And so people are walking by there, and they're looking at it, and they're yeah. pointing, and they're taking pictures. And, yeah. and if, if I'm ever out there, they're always asking me, what the heck? I'm going to yeah. put a sign on it. <laughs> pretty flowers, pretty yellow flowers. All summer. And, and then inflated pods. That are red. Yeah. yeah. And then I have it on the west side of the house, so the late sun... Yeah. comes down and shines through the bush yeah, and those red and pods, 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 and yeah. it just glows. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Now, they had a bunch of those at the Botanic Gardens mm-hmm. on the east side of the, sounds like the Rock and Alpine Garden. Okay. A big roll. Okay. When they pulled them all out. Really? Don't exist anymore. Well, they're very vigorous growers. They will reseed over the, but, you know, if, if you recognize the seedling, you pull it out and you're done. I haven't seen a single one. Oh, no, you will. Okay. <laughs> Well, I've just noticed that it's a vigorous growing plant. It'll put on four or five feet a year. Yeah. yeah. And, and I have it a little too close to a pathway. <laughs> but I don't want to take it out. Yeah. You know, I like the plant. Well, you can like start more. Lot. You got pods, you got seeds, you can start more. I know. But I'm getting up there in years. That's true, too. <laughs> You've noticed. <laughs> I noticed that crawling around on my hands and knees yesterday, yeah. cleaning things out. And that's all fine while I'm down here, but just the getting up part that's <laughs> not turning into some difficulty. <laughs> yeah, I, 
Rice Krispie sounds. <laughs> That's right. Snap, but crackle, I, pop. I try to end up close to a street sign so I could use that. <laughs> pull myself up. <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, uh, we've got Linda on yeah, the line wanting to talk we to talk us. Yeah, we do. to Linda. Good morning, Linda. Thanks for calling the Garden Wise guys. Good morning, fellas. I just spoke with you, and darn, I got off the phone and realized I forgot to ask you something very important. Okay. And I had mentioned um, the orchid. Yes. Well, prior to its blooming, um, it developed a baby or a kiki, and so we took that off and potted that, and I put it in an orchid pot, which okay. is real cute. Yeah. But now the roots are going through the holes in the orchid pot. Uh-huh. Yeah. So wh- what do you do like it when it gets larger and you and you need to repot it? Well, here's the thing about orchid pots. They're not meant to be grown in. No kidding. You plant <laughs> you plant the plant in a pl- a pot, a, like a plastic nursery pot or something like that, that fits inside right. the orchid pot. And you grow you grow your flower, oh. you grow your plant in that plastic <laughs> pot until it blooms, and then you want to bring uh-huh. it into the living room where it's pretty. Well, that plastic pot that you're growing in isn't all that pretty. So you drop it into the orchid pot, which is decorative, and you bring it off and show it, show it off in the living room until it's done blooming. And you take it out of the orchid pot and back to the growing area. And that way you can rotate plants through that same orchid pot so you don't have to have that many of them. Well, okay. I guess I got stung on that then, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, orchids have no idea what a pot is for, and they'll grow through those openings because uh, for everybody else out there listening, typically an orchid pot is a, a very beautiful ceramic glazed pot that has um, cutouts in the sides. And you just don't grow in those. Well, it's growing, but... Uh it's sure sending the roots out. There. Yeah, and if you don't if you don't mind that, that's fine. The orchid doesn't care. Yeah. The orchid well, is the, fine the with the roots that. are not pretty. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not particularly pretty. And you've got to make sure that when you do water the plant, that those roots that are sticking out get watered as well. Uh huh. Okay. Well, gee, I'm glad I called back and uh, got this little bit of information. Now, if you needed to take it out of that pot and you have lots of roots coming through the holes, about your only solution is to take a hammer and break the pot. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you could also try uh, soaking it for a few minutes in some water and then just wiggling the whole thing out. If you break a few roots, that's no big deal. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's the way we water them is we just have a bucket and we Good. put them in the water. Yeah. Uh, that works. Someone on your station happened to mention that to us. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. I'll break the news to my husband that his orchid pots that he bought for me are, are just a bunch of ponies. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't think that that's the case. I think that they're a beautiful, what I would call a cash pot, where you where you drop another plant into it in a different, you know drop a new pot inside of it and use it as a decorative pot when you're showing it off in your living room or what have you. But I wouldn't rely on it as a, a pot that you would grow the plant in. Okay. All right. Well, very good. 
Uh, I appreciate this info, and I won't bother you anymore today. Well, please do. That, that's no bother, Linda. Yeah. So, Thanks for well, calling. Thanks a bunch, guys. Uh, Have a good weekend. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. I don't know how many times I have to destroy a pot in order to get a plant out. Yeah. It just will not come out in any other way. And sometimes the plant destroys the pot for you. Yes. <laughs> That's where you get to it. I, these big plastic containers, I put some of the cannas and things in it, and they just distort the pot. Yeah, to the point where they won't slide and, out. And they will not come out of there. And so I have to get out my saws and <laughs> clippers and just cut the pot off of it. Yeah. Or if it's a ceramic pot, it, sometimes they can actually break the pot. Yeah, it can break the or pot. Or even a yeah. hard plastic pot, they can, yeah, it can break, break the, the pot. It can break the pot. Break through the side. Uh-huh. Not the rim, but the side. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Plants are tough. They are. They are. Especially some of those big-rooted things like those cannas. Yep. Which I absolutely love. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely gorgeous plants. You've been posting some... Pictures of colocations, haven't you? Well, I posted Some one uh, weird ones. A, a weird one, the one that sold for a hundred and was one hundred and twelve thousand dollars. This is a colocation, big plant. elephant ear that's black leaves with a large fire engine pink splot down through the center of it. Yeah, very unusual. It's lurid. $112,000 he paid for that. Yeah. Somebody paid for it. And I suspect if he's smart, you'll take that out and um, and contact a tissue culture place and say, you know, make me uh, uh, 500000 more of these. Exactly. Thank you. Uh-huh. And then sell them for some outrageous price each. Yeah. Until know, they flood the market and, and then the price goes down. Yeah, then it'll be a buck two ninety eight. Yeah. <laughs> and then we can all get them. <laughs> that has happened with so many plants. Oh, it has. It has. It happens with orchids all the time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the new gladiolus, the the new dahlias, the new lilies, lilies, day iris, day lilies. Yeah. Um, oh, and the one that I think always comes to mind is ice cream tulip. I think I was I called it ice cream. I can't take that. Uh, it looked like an ice cream cone. Yeah. With, I think, if I remember right, the outer petals are red, and then these white petals that came up through the center uh-huh. looking like ice cream. Right. And they were outrageously expensive oh, per yeah. bulb. Mm-hmm. Now all the catalogs have them. Yeah. They're the same price as everything else. Exactly. <laughs> call it, they call this tulip mania. Well, I, I like iris. And, you know, you see some of the new varieties of iris selling for... 85, 100, 125 yeah. bucks a rhizome. And I grew up in a time where you picked up iris tubers or rhizomes out of the alley that somebody else has discarded. <laughs> That's right. Paying for an iris? <laughs> what? <laughs> so it, it, I, I have a hard time. I'll wait. I don't mind waiting. Although I don't have much time. I don't, I don't have a lot of time left to wait. Well, that's, that's <laughs> another problem. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Right now we've got um we've got to take a we've got Margaret. All right, let's go to Margaret and see what's going on with her this morning. Hello, Margaret. Good morning. Good morning Good again. What's up? <laughs> so I looked up floral of lettuce for you guys. Yes. Lettuces. See? Well <laughs> thank you, just, Margaret. They're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> No, so I've never heard you guys talk about planting by the moon's phase. 
And I was looking at my old calendar from Tagawa uh-huh. from last year. Yeah. And on the back page, they have the whole planting by the moon's phase, and they give you dates of when to plant your vegetables on what dates, and then when the moon is favorable. Do you guys have you guys ever tried going by the moon? No, I have not, and I probably never will. No, me either. I mean, it's not something that Mother Nature ever does. Doesn't wait to put seeds in the ground for a specific moon phase. So I, I'm, well, I yeah, the weather is much much more important. What is the the weather is much much more important. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, the moon phase. Uh, we're only we're only dealing with the light of the moon. The moon is the same size as it always has been. The gravitational pull is the same today as it was three hundred thousand years ago. So, what possible effect could it have on seedlings? I don't know. I don't either. Women deliver babies. Have you done? <laughs> have you uh, have you planted by the moon? Well, I have not, but I love moonflowers. And last year, I kind of like was studying them. And as soon as the moon came out, those moonflowers were just fabulous. <laughs> if it was a full moon, I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> You guys should try it. I which moon? Which moonflower? There's a lot of plants called moonflower. Um, I don't know. It's a white datura. A datura. Okay. Oh, datura. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah it, and honestly, it's fabulous when there's a full moon. Did you plant the the um, the one that has the flowers that are that are produced upright, or were you growing the tropical one? That where they hang down sure. like bells. No, no, the one, the upright. The upright. Oh, okay. okay, I know which one you're talking yeah. about, and yes, that is a fantastic plant, and it's so fragrant. Oh yes, it's beautiful. I want to do one of those white fragrant eating yeah. gardens. And it's it's yeah. very very poisonous. Yes, yes. I mean, but every I every it. part of it, every part <laughs> of that plant is toxic. But that's okay. <laughs> but it's a beautiful flower. You'd be you'd be shocked as to how many plants that we have in our yards that are toxic, and yeah. nobody thinks a second thought about it. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I haven't been eating the flowers, so I'm no. good. <laughs> well, okay. Good. If you do grow those, you you want to make sure you have some aspirin in your yard that you can make salicylic <laughs> acid, which is aspirin. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Margaret. Okay. Okay, um, you guys should really try that moon space so you can put it on your resume. Okay. All right. <laughs> on my resume. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> I hope to never have to fill out a resume again in my life. You, I don't know if you had this problem when you were a kid, but back in Kansas when I was growing up, um, this the datura was called jimson weed. Yeah. And it grew out in horse pastures in every place that was overgrazed. Yes. And you'd find once or twice a year where some idiot decided he was going to make jimson weed tea mm. to get the hallucinogenic part of it and overdid it and ended up in the hospital. Yeah. Every year you'd have somebody do that. All right, we got to take a break here right away, but let me, I'm going to tell you a little short story here. I was working for, well, working at this nursery in Palisades, long since gone now. But anyway, um, ran into this lady who was a doctor on the Navajo reservations for a long time okay and she treated children who were who were given this plant in some kind of concoction i have no idea what that was all about as a medicinal thing no i think it was to uh, elicit 
hallucinations from which that was part of their religion. Oh, okay. Beyond that, I don't know anything. But that was still being used. Oh, they still use peyote. So use it at your own risk. I will choose not to. Thank you very much. And having said that, we're going to take a short break and come back, and I hope to get all of your phone calls right here on Legends 810. Plants in general are good for the soul, and many studies show people are healthier and happier when surrounded by plants. You will find a nice selection of house plants and some great pots to add interest to your decor at Jared's Nursery and Garden Center. House plants not only add beauty to your living space, they make it healthier by removing toxins and pollutants from the air in your home. Spider plants, philodendron, dracaena, and peace lilies are just some of the common plants that can be great air purifiers. If you're having trouble with existing plants, the staff at Jared's can help you determine the problem and recommend a solution. Maybe the only good thing about COVID is that it resulted in many new gardeners. Jared's has a great selection of seeds, including heirloom and many unusual varieties of flowers and vegetables, tomatoes, peppers, sunflowers, zinnias, and others. Check out their website, jaredsgarden.com, for classes beginning February 5th to help as you plan for spring. Jared's Nursery and Garden Center is located on West Bulls Avenue between Kipling and Sims. Winter hours are 9 to 5, 7 days a week. They thank you for your support in 2021 and look forward to serving you in 2022. Advertise your product or service with the Garden Wise Guys, the most listened to radio gardening show in Colorado since 1994. Radio talk show hosts Keith Funk and Jim Borland are dedicated to supporting and promoting independent businesses and the products and services you sell. The reason for their success is they help their advertisers. This is a destination show every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m., simulcasting on both a.m. and f.m. People are gardening in larger numbers than ever, and radio advertising is timely, adaptable, targeted, and affordable. Listeners can catch the show at home, in the car, at work, and at play. On the radio, computer, or mobile device, the radio is there. Today's competitive marketplace demands an active medium, and that's radio, capable of stirring emotion, creating demand, and selling your product or service. Contact the Garden Wise Guys now. Email thegardenwiseguys at gmail.com. Thegardenwiseguys at gmail.com. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 930. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. And we are back. I'm going to give you three quick numbers here. Uh, record low and record high temperature differences for this date in history, 93 degrees. Last week, I didn't mention it, it was 100 degrees. Really? Record high and record low temperature. What's the um, record high? Uh, only, only 72 degrees. And the record low? We'll have to be 93 degrees away, 21 below zero. Woo. Yeah. Woo. That's, that's chilly, people. That is chilly. All right. Uh, number number t- n- number two. I said three things. I have only two. Sorry. Uh, statewide snow level averages were at 112%. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. The highest is Gunnison River Basin, 127%. Ooh, that's down. Um, I thought it was 
Much higher than that I earlier. Mean, well, yeah, that was a big number not too long ago. Yeah. So when they don't get snow, um, the average goes down. Sure. So. All right, back out to the phones. We've got full lines now. Thanks for waiting till the end of the hour. But hey, we'll get your calls in. Uh, we'll we'll go to Jan first. All right. Good morning, Jan. Hi there. How are y'all? Good. How are you doing? I'm okay, thank you. I'm calling about, and I'm probably not going to pronounce it correctly, the Mandevilla plant. Sure. You did a perfect job. Uh, oh, well, thank you. Anyway, what, sh- what is the best way to handle all of these vines? <laughs> oh, you, did you winter it through in the house? Well, I have it from a friend had it outside, and I and she was going to throw it away. And I said, "Oh no!" I said, "I'll take it and put it inside and bring it back in the spring or whatever." Yeah, yeah. you can cut those vines way back. Okay, I have done that, and sometimes they seem to die. Then that, sh- Is, that I mean, shouldn't the, be the, that shouldn't I, cause them to die. That would okay. that would be some other problem. I would suspect that you might be keeping it too wet. Oh, okay, because it does seem like it takes a lot of water. Okay, well, maybe I am. Yeah, uh, uh, how are you watering it? When are you watering it? Well, I just watered it yesterday, and then I won't water it for quite a while. But I don't know how long to tell you. But I put quite a bit in it. Good, and then does it drain out the bottom? Yes. And do you discard that water? No, I don't. Okay, Start, start taking it out of that water. Uh, oh, okay. Don't let it sit in that saucer of water. Oh, okay. All right. And just yes. in, and just in case you were doing this, do not water it on a schedule. Okay. Yeah, I really haven't been. I okay, kind of feel it and see. Exactly. But okay. Well, that's a thank you so much. I you appreciate bet. it. And other than that, you just have to wrap them around, right? Wrap <laughs> them around or cut them back. Um, just make sure it has lots and lots of direct sun if you can. It does. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Enjoy your show. Thanks for calling, Jan. Bye-bye. Bye. I lied. I did have a third a third number. No. Yeah. Yeah. E.T. for past week at Denver International Airport. Uh-huh. A third of an inch. Cool. Mm-hmm. Lost. And <laughs> never to be seen again. Never to be seen. Although it might end up in Kansas. I'm there you sure. go. All right. Well, let's see. Where are we going to go to next? We're going to go see Pat out in Arvada. Good morning, Pat. Hi. Hi. Um, I wanted to ask, one time I planted a smoke bush, and it was yellow. Uh-huh. And uh, that was the greatest looking thing. And all of a sudden, I would assume I might have gotten that Versilium wilt or something. I don't know, but it definitely looked like fungus. So I started treating it with whatever I was Whatever I used, I don't know. Um, anyway, I did lose that bush, and I was thinking, uh, or tree, whatever, and I was thinking about doing it again, but I don't want to end up with the same problem. What can you tell me? Well, if it is verticillium, there is no cure, and there is no treatment for the soil should you have it in your soil. So if you're going to plant it again, I would plant it in a place as far away from that original one that died as you can. Well, all I know is it, it looked like fungus to me, so I don't. And it lasted for a few years before that ever happened. Well, I don't know about Jim, but I find that I've tried growing that golden-leafed one, that yellow-leaf variety. I find it to be a very weak, fairly fragile plant. Okay. Even under the best of conditions. So let's hope you don't have verticillium. Uh, I have it in my yard. Uh, I suspect it's everywhere. I don't have proof of that yet. 
And the only way to tell, uh, the literature I says, you, you must take samples of, of a living stem, or still a live stem, and send that off to have it evaluated to get a correct diagnosis. I can also tell you that if it is verticillium wilt, if you take a knife out there and cut down through the stem, the center of the stem will be black. Oh. Apparently that's diagnostic, but it's not 100% um, perfect. So you have to get it uh, diagnosed by professionals who will probably take samples and grow it on to see what kind of mold comes out of it. Well, okay, so I'm feeling like I should really stay away from that. So what else would you guys suggest as far as maybe like a five-foot bush, something like that, that would be yellow-leafed all year round? Nine bark. Uh, nine bark, and there is a yellow-leafed elderberry. Oh, yeah. There are a couple of them, actually. But that, that, the elderberry, that gives those ugly uh, grape things <laughs> or berries. Uh, the, you mean the fruit? Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't like know that. that the yellow one does that. And or be, do or do oh. garden centers carry that nine, that yellow nine bar? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to look. That sounds like it might be a real good alternative right there. Um, one of the things too I wanted to bring up is morning glories. Of all the things I've planted, I've done really well with the plants and all my plants is. I'll be darned if I can grow a decent morning glory. Jim grows lots of morning glories. <laughs> Is there some trick to it, or do you give it a lot of water? Do you well, uh, they they perform better if you have some good soil, good garden soil. Uh, they don't absolutely need it. Um, lots of sun. Lots of sun, full sun if possible, and don't let them go dry. And do not expect them to bloom until later in the summer. Well, maybe I underwatered. Maybe that could have been what it was. Yeah, if you see any kind of wilt on the vines, uh, you waited way too long. Do you start them from seed indoors early, or do you plant I, them directly? I have done that. Yeah, I've done that before. Because I, I have found I, that morning glories are kind of sensitive about having their roots disturbed. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, that's what I did is I just, uh, what do they call that, where you scarface the... Yeah, the, you scarify it, yeah, nick scarify. the seed, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I did that and then got them rooted and then took them out, so... So if you do that again, uh, what I recommend with morning glory is if you're starting them early indoors, don't start them too early. You don't want really long vines that are, uh, that are uh, pot-bound. I would start them maybe three or four weeks before you want to set them out and set out small young plants rather than big viney plants. So April probably. Yeah. Starting maybe in April. Yeah. Okay. That give me a little head start on the season to do that. It would, yes. Okay. Now, they still won't bloom any earlier. No. But they'll go through the transplant much better. Yes. They are, they are day-length sensitive. So how long, how deep of soil do you think that it would be? Oh, they're pretty fleshy roots. Uh, the roots can go down at least uh, probably a foot and a half, two feet. Oh, wow. Maybe my, it's a little shallow where I'm thinking of putting them then. I mean, as I said, they will grow. They just won't perform quite as well. Right. Okay. Well, that gives me some direction for the spring here. Excellent. 
All righty. Thank you so much, guys. You're quite welcome. Thanks for calling, Pat. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. I wish they could come up with some of those that bloom a lot earlier. Yeah. Because <clears throat> that heavenly blue one, that that is truly a remarkable flower. Yeah, it, it is. It really is. Well, let's see if we can go and take Sharon real quick. Good morning, Sharon. We have just about a minute left. What's your question for us? Oh, I may call in next week, guys. Um, I have a ponytail plant, or maybe it's uh-huh. an elephant foot, yeah. that I've had for 35 years, and it's 10 feet tall. Probably. Oh, my goodness. Um, it broke a pot about five years ago, and it took two people, strong people, to repot it. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Oh, it's outgrown your house? Well, it's it's to the ceiling, but it's been to the ceiling for quite a while. It's, anyway, I probably need to talk to you next week early. Yeah, give us a call next week earlier in the in the show, okay? Okie doke. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sherry. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah, I've got some ideas for that, but we can discuss that. Yeah, you, know, you can cut them down. Yes, you can cut the top off to whatever height you want to cut it. Yeah, and then reroute the top. Well, or the, the, or the base will is, the base will sprout up and do yeah. its thing too. It'll put out some new sprouts from the base, and it'll give you more than one pony. More than one pony. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we, should right. Have, we should have sound effects. We should. Yeah. All right. I, uh, apparently, um, we should be hearing some music pretty soon. So well, the clock says that, but we, you know, I, we may just find ourselves uh, cut off the air here. Now there there's, there's the music. That's there's w- the music. that's when I tell you to, to tell you about thank you and thank you for listening to the show. And uh, as always, keep your shovel sharp. Be careful where you dibble. It's getting to be that time of year. We're gonna all be dibbling out there. No kidding. Yeah, really. Hey, uh, we're going to be back next week here and uh, do it all over again with your questions. So stick around for a whole week. We'll be back right here on Legends A10.